Welcome to the Indian Newsling Podcast. Wulavinaka, Kiora, Namaste, Nwayo Maori. It's a pleasure and honor to be here this evening. My wife did uh, a PhD from Otago. She spent a number of years in New Zealand. My two children went to high school and did the undergraduate and postgraduate uh, in New Zealand. So uh, uh, New Zealand uh, in many ways uh, has become part of my family. Uh, but more importantly, I have uh, so many friends Professor David Rovi um, <coughs> from the former University of the South Pacific, head of journalism, and uh, many uh, familiar friends uh, here. I know I, I don't want to name all of them. I, uh, Rachel is right, I was invited to uh, speak at the uh, Animal Rutuman Day, or Rutuma Day. And one of the things that I said uh, at that meeting was uh, how communities uh, make up our society, how communities make up a nation. And invariably, uh, merging interest of different communities, creating you know social cohesion, uh, builds up a country. Uh, sometimes, you know, we tend to undervalue the importance of diversity, <coughs> the importance of communities, the importance of language, uh, importance of uh, how different communities do things, uh, you know, as part of the culture, tradition, language and heritage. And countries which understand that as part of the democratic culture do better economically. And that's the evidence uh, around the world with some exceptions here and there. I feel very uh, honored to be with all of you. Um, I know that uh, Hanau Community Hub is a center which uh, brings different communities. I know you have the New Zealand Rutuman Community Center and I understand there will be inauguration of the Fiji Center today. Uh, these are initiatives that build communities. My own philosophy over so many years has been deeply rooted in the fact that governments cannot do everything. Governments sometimes don't do things better. Communities outside of government, organizations outside of government, and I believe there is a lot of knowledge and wisdom that resides outside of government bureaucracy, 
besides <laughs> outside of the ambit of politicians and governments we choose not to work with communities and empower them and learn from their wisdom and knowledge fight so in fiji uh, after so many years of should i say dictatorship or dictatorial rule as a new government our prime minister mr rubuka and myself and others we believe that to change our development path our development pattern we need to change the style of governance and that style that philosophy is deeply rooted in what we are doing now we believe in a consultative dialogue based approach towards policy making so the first thing we did as a government was to bring the country together we had a big national economic summit after 16 years we brought a diverse group of people there was a lot of passion uh, energy drive to think through our problems as a country and we produced outcomes that is now feeding into our economic policy we appointed a fiscal review committee which looked at you know how governments do things in terms of their tax policy i know there is a big debate about gst and zero rated we we had that debate uh, during uh, the formulation of our budget uh, which i presented in july and the budget is now been passed the, the the important thing that i want to uh, make is that it has galvanized those actions have galvanized a a sense of confidence a sense of freedom and might i say a, a little bit of exuberance in the way in which people feel about the country and we made good of that by making sure that we repeal so the first thing we did was to repeal the draconian media decree and uh, seasoned journalists like you know rachna nath and rachel uh, they they understand the environment in which they were working uh, in fiji and so fundamentally what we have done is to open a the country to freedom there is no fear anymore we can see that the way in which people can talk to the politicians the way in which the media can ask questions to us it's very very different we put out a budget to do three things because we inherited a huge debt partly as a result of covid but the problem was worse even before covid covid made it worse 
We benefited from the support from New Zealand, from Australia and other development partners, particularly Australia and New Zealand in terms of budget support. So essentially the budget that we just passed a month ago is to stabilize our finances. We have reduced the deficit to about 4.8% from an average of 9% over the last several years. We had to take some revenue measures to bring in permanent you know, income, but we are also making sure that we look after our people. So we have increased social welfare rates, put in more money into health, education. We've written off a huge debt that students had built up over the last eight or nine years. And so we're providing scholarships. The economy has rebounded very, very strongly. We have just revised uh, our growth rate from about 6% to a conservative 8%. In fact, we, we might go higher than that. Our tourism recovery is very, very strong. We have already surpassed the pre-COVID level uh, of 2019. We are advocating now in my last speech at the University of the South Pacific during the Forum Economic Ministers meeting, which was held two weeks ago. And for the first time uh, on the agenda was this deep, meaningful regional integration. Of course, we understand the imperatives of labor shortage in Australia and New Zealand. We have a huge inflow of remittances as well, surpassing billion dollars last year. We expect about 1.2, 1.3 billion this year, keeping our consumption very, very strong. And the other point that I want to make, which would be of interest uh, to many of you is the level of international engagement since the new government came in uh, has been very, very strong. Uh, of course, as a government, we have said very clearly that we want to re-engage more meaningfully, deeply with our traditional partners, partners who believe in democracy, the rule of law, human rights, transparency, accountability, level, whether it's with the US, whether it's with India, Australia, New Zealand, the Indo-Pacific strategy, the Quad group, there is heightened interest in what Fiji does, what Fiji says. Of course, there are always controversies. Uh, governments uh, don't always do everything right. And as a government, you know, we have said that when we make mistakes, we will say so. Because that's what uh, helps democracy. That's what strengthens democracy. And 
so there is there is uh, i know i i'm painting a very rosy picture it is a it is a rosy picture it, it's a reality i'm talking about notwithstanding that we have some serious problems we have to deal with a huge infrastructure deficit we were landed with a health service delivery status which is probably which was probably the worst ever in the history of Fiji and so we are increasing our efforts to ensure that we improve our health services we as i said we are concentrating on education diversifying our economy we put in more money into agriculture making sure that our vulnerable communities are helped but a more bigger and determined agenda is for us to fix some of these big problems it will not be uh, done tomorrow but we want to do as much as we can uh, in the four years or three years, some months uh, left for us uh, in our first term. But <clears throat> let me just say, you know, thank you to all of you. Uh, I keep, I can't help but keep thanking our people, our diaspora, our friends, in all the countries, Australia, New Zealand, US, Canada, anywhere that our people are for chipping in, helping your families and friends and communities. Uh, during COVID, I know uh, for now community itself uh, was greatly involved in helping people during COVID. And we saw the, the effectiveness and the efficiency with which Communities outside of government were able to help our people. And, and I want to just commend uh, all of you, this community here, for creating such uh, infrastructure because these are models of, of development that can be advocated anywhere in any country. One last point before I, <laughs> Rachel said a few words, you know, when you give a floor to a politician, <laughs> combine, combine that with a, with, with a former professor or academic, uh, it's a bad combination. <laughs> but, but let me just say that, um, uh, we, we are very pleased as a government uh, that we have a very strong uh, engagement with our diaspora. We have changed the, we're going to change the regulations where we'll allow former Fiji citizens and their descendants, even if you don't have a passport. Uh, right now, when you go, you need a three, you get a three months permit. Uh, very soon when the regulations are changed, uh, you will not need them. We are also thinking of substantially reducing the cost of getting 
uh, your passport um, back in Fiji, you know, if you if you want one, uh, so that we uh, make it more efficient and easier for our people to uh, come back. And uh, finally, I invite all of you um, to visit Fiji. <laughs> <laughs> it's the country is getting more beautiful, <laughs> and it, it is absolutely um, on a on a path of uh, phenomenal. Um, Rugby World Cup. You know, <coughs> growth. Uh, Rugby World Cup. Uh, we uh, nobody believed that Fiji would defeat England. <laughs> We are uh, anticipating a path uh, to the ultimate. <laughs> but thank you, Navalevu, uh, and great to be here uh, and to see all of you. As I said, I am here to speak at the Fiji New Zealand Business Council. I'll be saying some interesting things tomorrow, so I'm sure Rachel and Rajna and others will be interested in that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Indian Newsling Podcast.